0: All right, Heather, A through Z.
1: Um, let's go. Would you have anything for R? I
0: don't know. Maybe.
1: <laughs> let's go with R.
0: Uh oh yeah, that uh, uh, roadhouse sequel or remake trailer. That's out. yeah. Um.
1: Oh, they do have the trailer out. They do okay. have
0: officially the trailer out with that too. Um, with that, there is some controversy to this movie. Oh, really? So the director of the movie is Doug Liman. Mm-hmm. People may know him as the director of uh, "The Born Identity," uh, "Edge of Tomorrow." Um, what else has he directed? "Mr. and Mrs. Smith."
1: So lots of action movies. Swingers. Okay.
0: American Made. Very underrated movie.
1: Yeah, that is a good movie.
0: Anyway, directed all of those kinds of movies, right? And uh he agreed to make and started filming or or, you know, was in the process of filming the new Roadhouse. When Amazon bought MGM, mm-hmm. this movie was being made for MGM. When Amazon bought MGM, they were like, hey, we're going to, you know, release a hundred or like $10 billion worth of movies in theaters still, where, you know, all this shit, right? And they told Doug Lyman they're going to release Roadhouse in theaters. Amazon streaming exclusive.
1: Hmm. So he's very mad about it. Oh boy.
0: Cause that is not what that's rough. It was supposed to be. Yeah. And he's like in Amazon and is trying to like destroy cinemas, which I could actually kind of see Amazon's mm-hmm. probably just going to release a bunch of shit on their own shit because unlike Apple, Amazon doesn't care about the awards. So they might just release shit on trying. their stuff. And only certain things will probably get theatrical releases. I believe since they own MGM, they technically own partial rights to James Bond. Okay. I know Sony owns most of it, but I think there's something with MGM when it comes to James Bond stuff. Okay. And... That would give them the rights to that. Uh, But yes, essentially I think that's what they're going to do. They're just going to start releasing shit on there. And you know, I mean, which is, it's one of those things. It's a weird model just because like they're pumping so much money into their streaming service that it's also just tied in directly with Amazon prime anyway. Yeah. Most people have it just because they have Amazon prime. Mm Hmm. Yep. So I don't know. Hmm.
1: That sucks though. That's not a great position to be in. Oh yeah.
0: Super unhappy. Yeah. Uh, in other news, it was announced that Ben Affleck will be directing uh, Matt Damon in the Netflix movie, The Animal.
1: Okay. I'm okay uh, with that.
0: That's something.
1: I feel like they take turns like directing each other. Cause wasn't so? I think was it? No, no, wait. Ben Affleck directed Air. I thought Matt Damon did. Never mind.
0: Yeah, no, no, no. I don't think ben Matt Damon directed anything.
1: You're right. He probably hasn't directed anything. Just written stuff. So that's good too.
0: Yeah. With Ben Affleck.
1: Yeah. I still think that Good Will Hunting is one of the best like written movies. Like, dialogue-wise, I love that movie.
0: It's very Bostonian. I'll give it that.
1: <laughs> that is it true. It channels yesterday. Boston.
0: Yes. Uh, they're supposedly making an Elon Musk biopic that Darren Aronofsky is going to direct. Yeah. So we're going to get the dark brooding misunderstood Elon Musk movie. Just
1: <laughs> that's
0: people want to complain about the shallow vapidness that is superhero movies. Yeah. The alternative apparently is this shit. Yeah. Give me every superhero movie ever over this shit. I, oh, yeah. be, you know, I, that is one of the thing I guess that like, That is the genre of movie that I think might have driven me almost insane at this point. The (laughs) biopic. I'm so fucking tired of biopics. Yeah. Half the shit's made up anyway. Mm Hmm. Quit calling it a fucking biopic. You made up half your shit. Yeah. It's just fucking garbage on a screen.
1: I mean, and like, I, I saw somebody talking about that. And I think they made a good point about like, he's like... He's all over the news all the time right now. Anyway, like, why do I want to see a movie about him? Also, right now, <laughs> like, it's just a lot in your face. I don't it's, know.
0: It, it's just going to be a bunch of fucking Musk standboys fucking masturbating in movie theaters across the country. <laughs> it Who would the be the fuck's equivalent of go making. Watch
1: that? It'd be the equivalent of making like an Andrew Tate biopic or something.
0: <laughs> yep, <laughs> yeah. slightly worse. Yeah. Mm. Just for the sheer fact that like Musk is probably going to be involved. Oh yeah, and he's going to be like, yeah, make sure they say my dick is eleven inches long. Just like make <laughs> sure that's said in the movie. Like, oh my god, Elon, I'm so glad I fucked you. Your dick is eleven inches long. And he's like, yeah, I know.
1: Yeah, I mean that's.
0: <laughs> also, make sure you I don't do that don't don't bring up the fact that I got hair plugs. Don't bring that up. <laughs> Yeah. His his natural hairline before, like when he worked at fucking PayPal, or not work mm-hmm. when he bought into PayPal, uh, his hairline was almost worse than mine. With how much he was losing his fucking hair. Yeah, that fucker got hair plugs.
1: Yeah, I'm. I don't. I'm not interested. Let's just say that it doesn't sound. And I and I kind of agree because it's like especially. Biopics lately, you feel like they are pushing a specific narrative about the person. And it's like, oh, yeah, sure, it's all true. But like, they're, it's almost like you're, you're picking the specific things about it that you want to highlight about the person and not like actually just like, well, this is what their life was.
0: Yeah. It, it's, and it's also, it's gross at this point.
1: I mean, and some of them are, like, you know, interesting stories and everything. Like, Rocket Man was really well done.
0: Rocket and Man he was is, involved. Honestly, like, and that's the thing, though, is in Rocket Man, Elton John was like, oh, no, make sure people know I was addicted to drugs.
1: Mm-hmm. Make
0: sure people know I had a ton of problems. Yeah. That was, like, very important to him. Yeah. You know, that's not to be to like, hey. People. My story isn't all just sunshine. It's got a lot of darkness to it. Let's make sure that's told in the story. Yeah. Yeah. And to yeah. his credit, that's, that's, that's good. Like mm-hmm. the these biopics that just gloss over over everything and just make people, even whenever they have their bad stuff, it's like, Oh no, but we still got to always have that ray of light in it and all this other bullshit. Like it's fucking garbage. Yeah. When in all honesty, showing the darkness, showing the dirt, showing the bullshit actually makes it more compelling and actually makes it more relatable. Yep. And adds to the story. Nobody watched behind the music because it told all the happy stories from all these fucking (laughs) bands. Yeah. Right. You watch behind the music because you wanted the dirt. Mm -hmm. You wanted to see the, the, the bullshit. You wanted the, you know the awful things these people did. Yeah. Like nobody watches serial killer documentaries to find out like, like, (laughs) you know, wondering if Ted Bundy also collected stamps and if he drank the same brand of orange juice that they did, you know what I mean? Like you, you watch that shit for the darkness. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they just, they want to make all these fucking biopics glossy. Mm -hmm. And even on top of that too, they, when they do that shit or whenever they try to tackle the darkness, they also like always try to put a positive spin on it. One of the things whilst I never saw the movie Elvis, what I've heard about it is that it's like when it's like, oh yeah, they kind of admit that he stole music from black artists, but they were like, but to him it wasn't stealing the music. It was just the music he liked because he grew up in like black churches and stuff like that and yeah. he grew up listening to black music. Therefore to him that was just the music he he knew to play. Yeah. Fuck you. Okay. <laughs> Fuck you, Elvis. But also yeah. once again what did they not delve into? The How child sex he trafficking he he committed. They ignored that though.
1: And I, I have heard, and I think you had said you heard this too about how like the Priscilla movie actually does a little bit put him in a bad light. From what I've heard,
0: people that like Elvis hate that movie because and it that, makes him look great. bad. And I'm like, okay, maybe maybe <laughs> I'm yeah. wrong. Maybe I prejudged Priscilla. Yeah. Because also apparently uh, Lisa Marie, the daughter, mm-hmm. before she died, read a version of the script and like wrote the director, Sofia Coppola, and was like, this is bullshit. You make my father look terrible. Mm. So I'm like, okay, I might need to watch Priscilla.
1: I would be curious.
0: I am now curious because if it, if it makes Elvis look like a piece of shit.
1: <laughs> it might be your new favorite movie.
0: <laughs> I'm like, oh, that seems accurate. Okay. Yeah. You're going to give me some I'm accuracy curious.
1: with it, Elvis? Okay.
0: With that Elvis story? Okay. Yeah, I'd be curious. So, that is one of the things I'm curious about with that. Uh, Apparently, uh, in other news, the last voyage of the Demeter is finally going to Paramount Plus to stream. Yeah. So, if you guys want to watch an incredibly mediocre Dracula movie, (laughs) be on Paramount Plus soon. Yeah,
1: do it. That's... I feel like that was so like prolonged for some reason.:
0: Also, Night Swim, you know, our episode two episodes ago. You can now <laughs> purchase that on iTunes for a whopping 30 dollars. Oh my gosh,
1: 30 dollars for that.
0: Justin and I couldn't make it five minutes into talking that movie without breaking. Oh man. But you can spend $30 to own it right now. I have bought so many movies that I have not even seen. Because I'm like, all right, I guess we're going to do this and I'll buy the movie. I actually bought a movie for this episode that we're not even reviewing anymore. (laughs) And I still haven't watched it yet. I own it. What was the
1: name of that movie? Um, what happens later?
0: Yes. I don't even remember the name of the movie and I own it. And that is infinitely more reasonable than spending $30 on fucking Night Swim.
1: <laughs> yeah. But you know, there's going to be those people that are just like, oh, sweet. Now you could buy it. Great. 30 bucks. I'm in.
0: No one that watched that movie thinks that.
1: No. It's going to be all the people who haven't seen it.
0: No one that hasn't seen it's going to think $30. That's a steal.
1: That's, yeah, I'm really surprised that they went in that high up front about it.
0: I bet you could just go to your local theater right now and go, hey, I want to watch Night Swim, but I don't want to buy a ticket. And they go, that's fair. Go on in.
1: <laughs> you know what? That I wouldn't be surprised.
0: It'd blow my mind if that movie's still in fucking theaters.
1: Man, it was rough. It was rough.
0: I mean, we saw it opening weekend. I, I, I don't know about your theater, but like, there's like fucking no one in mine. Like it was fucking empty as shit. Like, what the fuck yeah. is this?
1: Yeah. Yep. Pretty much. And that makes sense why everyone knew.
0: It's a nothing movie. It's a terrible movie. It's not even that it's a nothing movie. It's a terrible movie. See, I feel like it was a nothing movie and that's what
1: made it terrible.
0: <laughs> I don't know. See, a nothing movie would mean that just nobody saw it. This is also terrible. Like, yeah, okay. no one's seeing it, but also the people that are seeing it aren't liking it.
1: Remember the time that Thanksgiving giving was one of the better horror films we saw this year this past year
0: (laughs) oh man i was too hard on that movie (laughs) i was i was truly too hard on thanksgiving
1: yeah and you still didn't even give it that bad of score but i mean we
0: got you know and i think it's because we got some really great horror films last year we got a couple of really great horror films last year I forgot how really bad it could get. Like, I remember The Nun 2 was bad. (laughs) Yeah. But, like, I forgot how truly depressingly horrendous it could get. Yeah. And then we got Night Swim.
1: (laughs) Back to the usual.
0: (laughs) Pooh, Blood, and Honey 2, I think, comes out this year.
1: Oh, Yes, that is a thing.
0: I'm tempted to say right now, it's going to be better than Night Swim. It'll definitely have more going on.
1: (laughs) That's that's for sure.
0: They're at least bringing in Tigger.
1: Hey, you know, if you're going to do a sequel, do it right.
0: Hey, and there's worse things you can do in a sequel than add a tiger.
1: Yes. You can add a swimming pool.
0: (laughs) I can't believe it too. Like when we were talking, when Jess and I were talking about, you know, I was like, Oh, you know, it's based on a short film, this, that, blah, blah, blah. And like I was watching it, I was like, all right, the only compelling scene in this whole movie. I was like, all right, it's, it obviously had like the short film obviously has to be the daughter playing Marco Polo with her, her crush. Like yeah. that has to be the scene, right? The, the, mm-hmm. Like that you based the whole movie off of that had to be the short film because it was yeah. the most interesting thing you did in this whole movie. No, it wasn't. It was the mom. It was the mom swimming alone in the pool. Really? That was the short film. Essentially it was what? that scene. That scene was the short film that this whole movie was based off of. I was like, really? Your short okay. film isn't even the best scene in this movie.
1: Interesting. Oh my! I figured if it wasn't the Marco Polo one, it was the one with the boy where he's grabbing all the coins that are falling in. Um, that that was a better scene than the, the
0: mom's. The, the, like, the, the mom scene's just nothing.
1: Yeah, because she was smart enough to get out of the water immediately,
0: which like, which ruins a short film.
1: Yeah, yeah, that's true. I mean, yeah, that my thing though, like. And I don't know if you guys talked about this in that episode, but my thing with that one is that scene with the Marco Polo. I'm just like, there's no way that she wouldn't have opened her eyes way before then, especially if she was like, we did. I'm afraid I'm scared. We did <laughs> okay, talk about
0: that. We did bring up like, motherfucker, you're not going to do that shit where you're squinting through your eyelids at a certain point. Yeah. You're, you're like, just going to fucking open.
1: Yeah. You be like cut it out the minute that I was freaked out that he wasn't there anymore. I would have opened my eyes. That's just yeah. not a thing.
0: What what was he saying? Like, what were they saying? Like, if they thought you were out of the pool, like
1: fish out of water.
0: Is that a real thing?
1: Yeah. Like if you're, if you can't hear them and you you don't feel like you're near them in the pool, you can call fish out of water to see if like they got out of the pool and that's why you've, you you do not feel like you can hear them or whatever.
0: Yeah. But are you like, then like, is that still the honor system?
1: I mean, I guess so. If the whole game is the honor
0: system, like maybe, I (laughs) guess the people I played Marco Polo with as a child, Mm -hmm. we just had a better code of ethics. Okay. Because we could not get out of the pool. You had to stand them. There was no fish out of water.
1: See, and I'm trying to remember the rules too because it's like maybe you're not supposed to and then that's like. If you say fish out of water and you get caught, then you like automatically lose or something. Well, yeah,
0: and that's fair. But I'm just okay. saying like we still had the code of ethics where we didn't oh, yeah. even do that.
1: <laughs> yeah, there was not an option for yeah. fish out of water. There was
0: there it's was no way to catch people out of the pool because you couldn't get out of the pool.
1: Yeah, you couldn't do it, which is also valid. I i am. Yeah, I'm trying to remember the rules to that, but it's it's been a long time. Something like that, but yes, you it would is think a thing. Marco
0: Polo would not have such a complex rule system that you would just be able to remember it. Yeah, like I legit remember the only rules of Marco Polo were Marco Polo, Polo. yeah, and you stay <laughs> in the it. fucking water.
1: Yeah, and you just have to like get to them based on where they're. Yeah,
0: yeah. that was that was it. That was all Marco Polo was, and they're all you know, eggs in a basket or whatever the fuck they're all saying. They got all this other shit.
1: Yeah. See that. I don't know what that is.
0: I don't know what that is either. I just <laughs> said the phrase. Oh, okay.
1: I was like, is that part of the game? I didn't remember. No. Oh man.
0: But all right. You ready to talk about our actual movie?
1: Yeah, let's do it.
0: Oh yes. And anybody that was tuning into hoping we talk about the controversies surrounding the Academy Awards. We're waiting till Justin's back to do that. Yes. You're welcome. Song. Somebody will
1: listen to me. Nobody knows anything but you.
0: All right. Are you ready? Come on. Cinema Slayer. Cinema Slayer. Hey, Cinefans, and welcome back to another episode of the Cinema Slayers Podcast. I'm Sterling, and as always, I'm joined by Heather. Just Heather. No Jasta on this episode. So tonight we're going to be talking about what we like, didn't like, and everything in between with the curveball of a movie. Saltburn. We will go spoiler-free recommendations and scores and then into a more spoiler-centric section. With time because in the description to allow you to jump around in both audio and video formats. With all that, I'll go first. Okay. What's the name of the actor in this movie, Heather?
1: Barry Keoghan.
0: Barry Keoghan. All I'll say is after this movie, I am intimately familiar with what that man's penis looks like. <laughs> yeah. And kudos to him. <laughs> He, he, he just ran around at one point in this movie, just dick to the wind. I don't know else to say it.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah.
0: Uh, I mean, so TikTok made this movie seem like it was going to be mind-blowingly, like, disturbing. And, like, just some of the, like, scenes were just like, we get you and all this other stuff. Am I just too desensitized? Have I just seen too much shit? Nothing was really that disturbing to me. There were things I did not like. But it wasn't necessarily disturbing. I'm just like, I don't, okay. Yeah, I mean, disturbing
1: isn't the word I would say um, like uncomfortable for me at least, but I mean, granted, yeah. I'm a little bit more like that than
0: yeah. you. You're not as sexually free as I am.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: You don't get, you, you, you're you more easily worded out by certain things like that.
1: Um. Yeah, that would be fair to say. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I mean, I can watch a man fuck a, a a grave. And that's not necessarily the weirdest thing I've seen this year.
1: <laughs> interesting not to get too much into spoilers yet but
0: it doesn't matter that's not really people, a spoiler
1: it's really now there's there's zero
0: context to, the to this but someone fucks a grave
1: yeah yeah
0: hint <laughs> it's saltburn himself
1: <laughs> mr saltburn
0: <laughs> i know that's not that his name but still it's you know burn. you
1: know what you mean when you say that though. You yes.
0: Saltburn fucks a grave. It's a thing. Uh,
1: it's definitely a thing. yeah.
0: At least he waited till it rained so it's mud. He fucked a muddy grave. Because You can't just actually go fuck some dirt. At
1: least he had some morals there. Well, yeah, no, I'm just saying you can't standard.
0: fuck some dirt. Like, there's no gift to it. There's no way you can fuck some dirt. <laughs> he needed it to be mud so he could fuck it.
1: Mm-hmm. Hey, you know, worked in his favor. Did it, though? <laughs> I mean, I think if you do that at all, it's not really anything in your favor. But
0: because I still don't know what the fuck that scene was. You know, I still don't know what purpose that scene has in the end of this movie. No. Like him fucking the, the, the the grave does not affect the plot at all. There's nothing. It ties into nothing. It gives you no insights into anything. It's just some weird shit. Just gratuitous for the sake of it. And like, It doesn't really add anything. Like I said, like if it gave you insights to him, but to me, it's a red herring. Yeah. Because what's revealed at the end of the movie kind of directly contradicts that.
1: Yeah. And like, I feel like to be fair, any of the like disturbing scenes people talked about kind of gave me that same vibe anyway. Because it doesn't really serve too much insight like not really you know what i mean like one of the scenes that they do i guess maybe kind of does but where you kind of see a little bit more how maybe unhinged or you know where mr saltburn's mind is at with stuff but like i just don't i feel like you didn't need that to really kind of get the point of it you know
0: Yeah, we'll get more into that. Um, I mean, for the most part it's a beautifully shot movie. Has lots of interesting uh shots. Has some interesting dialogue, has some interesting plot points. I don't know if narratively it quite gels. Uh you know, there's there's lots of scenes in this movie that are just done for shock value. And I think that there could have been better scenes done with your your subject material to give you the same type of thing. Because a lot of this movie, without getting into the deep nitty-gritty of it all, is a lot of like the story of like the haves and the have-nots like the mindsets of the people that have shit versus the mindsets of the people that don't, you know? And I think you could have done some disturbing stuff with that. That would have been more so like you still could have gotten disturbing things and also contributed more to what you were trying to tell as a story as a whole. I mean, for the most part, the yeah. acting was fine. I think I think the other guy. Uh,
1: Jacob Elordi.
0: Wasn't he just on SNL?
1: hmm He also plays Elvis and Priscilla.
0: Okay. Yep. I guess that's a thing. Um, yeah, I had no idea who that man was.
1: Yeah, and the only thing I'd seen him in before was Euphoria, but I know you haven't really seen that.
0: I've seen a total of zero episodes of that.
1: That's fair. He's actually the absolute worst of the worst characters in that entire show. So, yeah.
0: Uh, This movie also has uh, uh, Richard E. Grant, which most people would probably know as old man Loki from Loki season 1. Um and it also has a uh, Roseman Pike who I do just love.
1: Yeah, she's great.
0: And she is fantastic. Um
1: she's so good in this too.
0: She is she is so good in this. She is so good in so many things. I really, I really enjoyed her in this and just, you know, I, I was really happy whenever I saw her in this cause I forgot she was in this and I saw her face. I was like, Oh, like, yay. I'm glad I get to see mm. this movie with her.
1: Yeah. And some people I had not seen before, but I think did a good job.
0: Um, but outside of that, I mean, yeah, it's got some good acting in it, but it's, it's got a lot of weirdness to it too, that I don't know if it really completely settles in as to why it needs all that. When I think the story had enough going for it to be able to, to do those things in a way that would have made more sense. It's interesting though. I don't know if it really deserves the amount of attention it's been getting.
1: Yeah. It's just the shock value thing.
0: Like, and that's the thing too. Like the younger crowd is supposed to be more sex positive. And like less surprised by shit and just more accepting of shit. Like why are they so fucking shocked by this? Why do they need some grizzled old man like me to go? It's not that crazy.
1: Relax, everybody. You it's guys fine. hyped
0: the fuck out of this.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah. That is interesting. I didn't think about that, but you're right. Yeah.
0: Like come on, guys. <laughs> I've seen way worse shit than that in just normal shit. Anyway, what are your thoughts? What are your what are your spoiler-free thoughts?
1: Yeah, I mean, I I do think that the acting in this was really good. Um, Jacob Elordi, I think, was a he did a good job. Like, I really, like, the, like, kind of subtleties of his performance I thought were really good. And Barry Keoghan was really good. Um, just a really dynamic character in a lot of ways. But I think he played it well. Like, I mean, there's some things about it that I kind of feel like, I don't know. The The way that they play this movie out, I feel like it's similar to some things we've said before as far as like almost trying to fake out the audience a little bit. I think they do a little bit of that here, not to a crazy degree of anger or anything like that that I would have about it, but they do a little bit of that. I got to say, um, you know, but and, and yeah, Rosa, Rosamond Pike is that's her name, right? Rosamond Pike. Yeah, she's great. She's excellent in this movie. And like, it's just one of those where a lot of these characters are very much trying to be perceived as one way in front of everybody else. But you can just tell that like underneath there's something else there to these characters. And I think Rosamund Pike is a really good example. I think her name was uh, Elspeth in this she did a really good job of kind of showing you those kind of layers that they have. And yeah, I think uh, I I do think the performances were good. They had a lot of, they had a lot of monologuing moments in this, Um, but it was, it was good dialogue. I mean, I think the dialogue was really good, but yeah, there's just a lot of monologuing here. And I think the story itself was interesting. Um, But again, I feel like the gratuitous nature of it, like you feel almost like, That's what they wanted you to care more about in this movie. And so it kind of takes away from, you know, this could have been like a thriller mystery whodunit type of thing. And that kind of would have been a cool way to approach the movie. But, um, but yeah, it is very beautiful, beautifully shot. I think they do a really good job of like, also I think Barry Keoghan does good at, playing to this this sort of different parts of himself that, that you get from the experiences and the things that happen in this movie, you get to see different parts of him. You get to see, you know, sad, angry, like, you know, all of, you get to see a lot of different sides of him in this movie um, literally and figuratively. And you know it's and he he really does uh he has a charisma about him as as this character that really works so i do think that he did a good job in it i do agree though i think that this movie is a little bit overhyped in my opinion like it's fine i think the story is decent but i think that they they could have done more with the story itself um but yeah it it was An experience for sure. Definitely an experience. (laughs) Things that didn't really make sense. Things that, yeah, again, I don't think were needed, but moments of, you know, like, and even though in this movie, you know, there's like a a little bit of a surprise or twist sort of thing that happens at some point, but it's not, it's kind of underwhelming. Like it's good. It's a good addition to the story but it is a little bit underwhelming. You know, it's not one of those where you it happens and you're like, "Oh my gosh, this is the greatest twist I've ever seen in a film." But it serves it serves a specific purpose that works, but yeah, you're just kind of it's kind of underwhelming when it does happen. But yeah, I think it overall it was it was an all right movie. Um the story and performances, I think I guess I could say the performances elevated the movie for me um the story had a lot of potential but it just kind of fell flat because they decided you know shock value mattered a little bit more (laughs) so but yeah it's a fine movie it's um you know probably not one that I'll you know want to put on repeat or anything but it's fine it was a fine movie
0: Uh, recommendations and scores.
1: Yeah. Recommendations and score. Go ahead and go. Hmm. Do I recommend this? I guess sort of like what Sterling said, like, you kind of have to be probably a little more desensitized to enjoy this or like to be okay with this one. I know a lot of people who would have a very hard time watching this movie because there are a lot of kind of shocking, you know, not, not super conventional things that you see in this movie. It's fine. Yeah. And I'm not saying that it is. I'm just saying, I know a lot of people who might find that hard. So I guess just, be self-aware of if you feel like that's something that you would be able to handle watching a lot of sexual experiences of different things happen in this film. So yeah, just kind of be aware of that and do with that what you will, if you are fine with that and you are okay. And it, those things don't bother you. Those things don't shock you. You'll probably, you know, enjoy, you'll, you'll have an easier time watching this movie, I guess I should say, but all of that being said, um, I mean, I, I, I kind of just fall in like, you know, it's not going to be everybody's cup of tea. It's, you know, for me, I was like, I was curious about what the hype was all about and it was fine, you know, it was a fine movie, but, um, you know, it's, it's not, it's not one that you got to run to the theater to go see or anything like that. Like, but you know, it's, if it's on a streaming platform, it's, you know, maybe give it a watch just to it's, see what the hype is. Well,
0: to be fair, also, it is only on streaming.
1: Oh, I thought I saw um, on Rotten Tomatoes, I was looking earlier, and I thought it said in theaters and on Prime.
0: Maybe it is. I haven't maybe seen not. it in theaters anywhere.
1: Or maybe it was it was in theaters, but not anymore. That or could
0: be more true.
1: Yeah. But in either case, um, so, you know, r- r- you can't run to a theater to see it now, I guess. But in that case, I'm just saying... Since it is on streaming, sure, um, you know, if you feel like it might be up your alley, it's worth watching. I do think there are some performances here, and it's an interesting sort of unique story. So for that, it's probably worth watching if you if you feel like this is up your alley. Um, I'm not going to knock anybody who doesn't want to see it. I'm not going to knock anybody who does want to see it. You know, there's a lot of people that love this. Um, you know, also the fact that Margot Robbie's production company produced this movie, I kind of enjoy, I don't know why I just love Margot Robbie, but you know, I, I just think it's, it's going to be a very, uh, specific, it's specific type of movie that you have to make sure, you know, what you're getting into if you decide to watch it. But that being said, watch it if you want to, and if you don't, then don't. Um, I'll give this movie, this is tough. Like, I don't know. Like this one's really difficult for me. I mean, it's, it's, you know, a passable movie. It's passing for sure. But I mean, I would maybe, mm, I'd maybe go right at a C or like right below a C for me. I'll give it, let me see, I'll give it a 69, you like what I did there? (laughs) I'll give it a 69 special bath waters out of a hundred.
0: And people are calling this movie perverted. Look at Heather there. Making 69 jokes about this movie.
1: <laughs> I totally didn't even mean to do that when I said it, but then I was like, I'm just rolling with it because it works.
0: This movie's not that crazy, people. It's not. I really don't understand it. People are like, oh, man. It pushes the borders of, of sex and this and that and blah, blah, blah. And it's sh- shocking. And it's like, oh, my God. Like, it's It's not. It's just not.
1: And and to clarify too, like, I, I guess, and I don't know if I use the word shocking, but it's not the shock necessarily.
0: I was talking it, about people on TikTok. You're just internalizing oh, stuff at
1: this point. <laughs> well, just in my whole, like, recommending it to people. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. It's more like, for me specifically, I would say there's just some scenes in it that are just gross. They're just I've not pleasant to
0: watch. done more fucked up shit in Baldur's Gate 3. Than they do in this movie. I've killed a bunch of people and fucked a chick because she was like, Hills, yeah, you killed those people. (laughs) Yeah. That makes me horny. That you just committed (laughs) mass murder.
1: Yeah, you're right. That's definitely. I have
0: seen people turn into a bear when they fuck.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I have seen a demon take somebody through the tortures of the nine hells. whilst fucking.
1: Yes, that.
0: And I've also just killed people because they did not respect general, my moral code. <laughs> in Baldur's Gate 3. Just saying, if you guys ever want to do... If you want to do fucked up shit, especially... This is the secret, guys. Everybody's like, oh, how do you do fucked up shit? Especially Sterling. You play paladins mostly. I was like, I do. But you know how you do fucked up shit as a paladin? Do Paladin of Vengeance. Worst case, you still get busted down to an Oathbreaker paladin. Guess what? You still get to do oathbreaky shit. Now, it's always worth it to pay the guy to get back into being a Paladin of Vengeance because you didn't get Divine Smite. You do lose Divine Smite as an Oathbreaker. And that sucks. Because if you're playing a Paladin and you don't have Divine Smite, what are you doing with your life? But I'm just saying, I've done more fucked up shit and seen more fucked up shit in Baldur's Gate than in this movie. It's not that crazy. It's just not. I was thinking, I was like, oh, man, is this the movie that's going to push me to my sexual limits of what I can, like, accept in a movie? And I watched this shit, and I'm like, is this not the same type of shit you see on FX? Or, Or, I don't know, PBS. I don't know what the fuck is going on on TV these days. But it just still didn't seem that crazy. Like, nothing about this seemed that crazy to me. I mean, it's a little weird to fuck some dirt. But my issue with that scene isn't that he was fucking dirt. I'm sorry, mud. I just don't know what the fuck it has to do with the movie. There's a lot of good stuff in this movie, but also it's just, it doesn't live up to the hype. And, you know, narratively, it's a mess. It makes me sad. I'm just going to give it a 60. Uh, A 60 mud fuckings out of 100? Oh, no. (laughs) Spoilers? Well, no, I'm sorry. The official score for this movie is a 65 because we do round up here at the Slayers Podcast.
1: There we go.
0: Now, spoilers?
1: Yes. Spoilers!
0: I don't even know what to talk about. <laughs> yeah, where do we start? Um, I mean, they, you know... He, he licks up masturbatory bathwater. Um, you know, that's a thing. Uh, that is a thing. He then kills that guy. And then fucks his grave in the rain. Um, then he kills that guy's sister. And then it implies maybe at some point he fucks the guy's mom.
1: Yeah, that's implied, right? But it, I don't know They, Yeah, they don't really ever confirm that.
0: And then he runs around the house naked. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, I forgot. He does, he does hand stuff. To the sister while she's menstruating. And mm-hmm. then rubs blood all over her face. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then they make out with each other's hands or whatever.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and he gives the, the other guy's cousin a hand job.
1: Yeah. And almost like a weird, like... Just overly aggressive scenario. Like, hey. hey, don't yuck, don't yuck their yum. It's not that. They like, it's... they like some rough
0: handies. It's fine.
1: Well, but the thing is like, it seemed, I mean, and I guess he ended up being fine with it, but it just, he very much, fe- it almost felt like it was definitely being forced upon him when it started is what I mean. But I guess also, you know, I guess he ended up enjoying it. So
0: Yeah. It's still just all very weird. Yeah. Like the bathwater scene. Uh, Like I said, he watches a guy masturbate in the bath, which also very weird. Who masturbates in a bathtub full of water? That's weird. No one. At least not men. Um, And then he goes and licks the bathwater, slurps it and licks the drain. I don't know what they were like that kind of betrays the end of the movie because he's like, I loved him, but I also, hated him. Like I just was doing all this and I planned all this just to steal his life and to steal this and all this other stuff. Like what does that do to get you in that mindset? Like what about that leads to that? It's the same with the grave fucking. What about that? leads to that. You know, I just, I don't get why those scenes existed outside of just wanting there to be some fucked up shit. The other scenes, they kind of serve a purpose. You know, him doing hand stuff with the, the sister and the cousin and then possibly the mom, like I said, implies that. like that all kind of makes sense. Cause he's using sex to get what he wants. Those other two, he's just doing sexual things to the remnants of this other guy, and it never serves a purpose.
1: It almost feels like he considered him like unattainable, but at the same time, like I don't know. Like he definitely, his whole thing about saying, you know, he had, you know, he loved him, but he also hated him. You know, I mean. I don't know. I feel like it maybe it was just, you know, maybe this, he was an unattainable person at the time. And that's why it was just never something he actually like tried to pursue with him.
0: You know, I mean, maybe, but him being so cold and calculating and all of those things, like you find out at the end, it betrays that to me though. Yeah. Like, yeah. I get some of the other aspects of it. Like you said, maybe it is that, but like it betrays the idea that he was cold and calculating and this and that, like, Mm -hmm. it doesn't really add up. It doesn't serve a purpose. Yeah. I mean, him running around naked, I guess at the end of the movie, kind of serves a purpose and showing him finally going, this is mine.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: But I mean, I think that they really just wanted to, to show off saltburn naked <laughs> as much as they could
1: yeah i mean i i do say that that is absolutely something that i see mr saltburn actually like that character it makes sense he'd be that guy you know it's just like i have this massive home to myself i'm gonna run around dance around naked in it because it's all mine and it's like a sense of empowerment you know what i mean and like so it makes sense actually that he would do that too i get that you know, but, um, yeah, it, I guess like, I don't know. I feel like part of it too, at at the beginning, you hear, you hear him doing this, you know, monologue about, did I love him? And, you know, kind of like explaining Jacob Elordi's character, uh, Felix, Felix. And, you know, like it, it he just says, oh, like all the girls were so taken by him and all these things. But in reality, like, as you see what's progressing in the movie, you feel like he actually, you feel like he did actually like was in love with him, you know? And I know he says, you know, he wasn't in love with him and maybe he wasn't, but I just thought it was interesting that he's like, oh, all of the girls were taken by him. And I'm like, it wasn't just the girls. You were very taken by him more so than most. Like, you know, and it it was interesting that, you know, it was all planned out and all calculated, like you said, but there were moments when, yeah, it genuinely felt like, no, he just wanted to be his friend. He just wanted to be in his life and he just wanted him to like him. And that felt like that was genuine. And so it's like, was that not part of the plan? And then it just kind of happened that way or from the beginning, you already like knew like how he was going to be with you. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah, and like I mean, like I said, I think the movie would have been better served by like showing more of the depravity of the rich people. Cuz these weren't just rich people. They were living in the house a king kings used to live in. They were, you know, their father was a knight. Like so much so that like the mother had an aversion to ugly things. You know, and and stuff like that. Like, I would have drove her nuts, not because I'm ugly or anything. Like that. Apparently she thinks uh, facial hair is unhygienic.
1: Yeah, she can't do facial hair. You know. Yeah.
0: And, you know, with those types of things, like, and that mindset of like, oh, you don't even, like, they had they had foot people, footmen. You know, not even just servants, they had footmen you know, and all of these things. And it's like, you could have just shown more of the depravity of them and leaned into that and had them do fucked up sex parties, kind of like what they did in in the House of Usher. You could have done shit like that. And them using and abusing people and all of these things and like make it a revenge game for him you know, and all of these different things, you didn't just have to show these just weird shit. You could have had it be weird sex shit. That would make more sense if it's the rich people.
1: I wonder if that maybe was supposed to be part of the point of it or if, because it's like, he actually was the one who was doing all of the things that, you know, he or other people expect the rich people to be doing. You know what I mean? And so maybe that was the point or... I don't know.
0: I've never thought you know. a rich person's going to fuck some mud.
1: Sure. That's true. <laughs> but like, you know, even the whole like using sex to get what he wants thing. You know what I mean? And like... Oh, the that's whole, fine.
0: Yeah. I'm fine with him doing that with all these various characters and all this mm-hmm. other stuff. And I would be fine if they did that. Not because I think that's a fine thing to do, but that would make more sense.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But it's it's it is interesting because it's almost like he became the thing that he like supposedly hated because I mean, I think the point is that like he, he thinks rich people are the worst and like he, he became that thing. And I don't know if it was supposed to be, he just slowly turned into that as he was hanging out with them or if that was just, no, he was just exactly what he wanted to hate about them, but he was just that all along. You know what I mean?
0: Probably that. Yeah. I, Cause I get it, but that's just who he was. Yeah. In general you know?
1: Yeah. Because my thing too, is like, sure. He might've planned a lot of things and all of that, but I mean, did he really plan Felix wanting to take him to his house and then finding out that his parents weren't actually dead when he told him that his dad died or that his parents were actually normal and like not, you know, going through stuff when, you know, they were actually very seemingly happy, loving parents. And, you know, he just lied about it. And was he expecting that Felix would find that out or was that that wasn't a part of his plan? And then it it became kind of a spiral at that point. But then we find out later, oh, he still planned that, too, because he poisoned the the drink that Felix had. And that's what killed him. So it's like, was that just something he was planning to do and it happened earlier because he found this out? You know, like
0: that. And that's where this movie gets a little sloppy. Yeah. Oh, I planned all this shit. I planned all this shit, but I didn't plan this and I didn't plan that. And it's like, well, you know, well, he could have planned some of the things. He had no idea that Felix was going to come over and help pay for those drinks when he couldn't afford it.
1: Yeah. He was just hoping that that would happen. He was betting on it. He
0: would have no way of knowing that Felix ultimately, while like having some elitist points of views and all this other stuff, For, you know, was at least kind of a normal person that would like befriend somebody, even if they weren't rich. Right. You know, he had no way of knowing that that was a for sure thing to happen.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's totally just banking on all these things, going perfectly to plan if he is, you know, a normal guy or like a nice guy. And to be fair, he was like Felix was actually probably the most normal person in this entire movie. <laughs> but you know, it just, the sister
0: wasn't completely abnormal.
1: I guess that's fair. Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think she just had problems.
1: Mm-hmm. But you I mean, know. I guess maybe, maybe a better word for that would be, he felt, I guess more like the more most down to earth one of them. You know what I mean? Like
0: as down to earth, I guess, as he could have been
1: considering just how he grew up and stuff and his family and things like that. Yeah. He just felt like the most down to earth of the entire family. And, and I think that was actually kind of a cool little thing because it's like, you know, he, he just is actually, I think like the opposite, like it's almost like Oliver wanted to hate him for just this privileged life he had. And he ended up being just a a good, nice guy that just didn't like that. He was lied to and thought that Oliver was, you know, had problems because of these things. And that's what ended up actually getting him to kill him.
0: Which was also one of the most like, probably one of the nicer things that like Felix did was like, Oh, Hey, your mom sounded sober. Let's go see her. Like, yeah. Your yeah, he like, was so nice. He was like genuinely trying to be nice and do the right thing. And like you said, then he's upset that fucking Saul Byrne lied to him. Yeah. he
1: Yeah. He was just mad at the fact that a guy he thought was a good friend of his lied to him about something like that was a big deal. And, you know, that's the, that's the thing. Like, he he was actually a good friend. <laughs> he was actually a nice guy. Like, he's like, you know what? I feel bad for you. that You have a bad family life. Like come stay with my family. And you know, all these things, like he was actually just a really seems nice guy. Like, <laughs> you know, and he, even that moment too, when they're in the maze or whatever and he's like following him and kind of having this moment of confrontation with him. Even then I feel like Felix was like, he was a little bit scared and freaked out because of how he was being approached. But He was like, Hey, like, I'm, I'm genuinely like, I think you need help, you know? And it was a very sincere moment in the middle of him probably being scared. (laughs) He was like, no, I just think that you need help. And I thought that was a very sincere moment that he had with him. And like, yeah, it was, but yeah, it's, it's like all of these, all of his, you know, genius plan is hinging on Felix being this good dude that he can manipulate when it's like, sure, maybe he studied him from afar and stuff like that, but he had never had a conversation with him before that point. So how does he know that this is going to be his personality? How does he know this is how he's going to react to certain things, you know?
0: No, that's very true. I mean, that's something that, you know, is kind of lost in aspects of this. And, you know... They're not lost, I should say, but it's like it's it gets muddled in it and everything. And, you know, and then all this shit happens and then it just becomes a spree of this person dies, this person dies, this person dies. Ah, oh, it was all my plan. Like. Yeah. You know, like. It's just, it it gets a little weird when it comes to that. And it just. In the end, it doesn't feel like a completely satisfying story because the evil plan and the, you know, the, you know, like I said, drinking bath water and fucking a grave and like, it's, it's all just, like I said, it's all there to shock you. Like the evil plan is there to be the twist. You could have just had them be fucked up rich people and him wanting revenge on them for that.
1: Yeah, it might have actually been a better story or equally as good. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. And then
0: like you said, then the story is him becoming them,
1: mm-hmm.
0: becoming what he hates. Yep. Instead of it just was always his plan to steal it. Like, that's also a weird plan. I'm going to figure out a way to steal your family's home.
1: hmm Yeah. Okay. Yeah. A very long con too, because I don't know what the time gap was <laughs> between what the, like the last time that he saw, um, Elspeth, you know, and ran into her. I, I mean, it had to have been a couple of years, I think at least is I what it felt like. So. Yeah. Um, you know, so it was just like, it was just like, oh, I'm just going to wait it out. Like, this is the long con that I've been waiting for just so that I can get in good with her again. And then also, I don't know what her illness was. I'm not sure if it I think really, he
0: poisoned her too.
1: I feel like he's, yeah, he had to have done something, I'm guessing, you know, just to eventually be like, I want the home. I want the house. Like, <laughs> and it, it, maybe it was a power thing of like, I got to conquer over all of you and own everything you have by just taking you down one by one. Maybe that that's what it was too, but it felt like it was one of those where he didn't he didn't base it on him actually knowing them. He just based it on this is the family that I'm going to target with it, regardless of if I actually end up liking them in the end. Like he felt like that didn't matter either way, that he was just going to plan to do this regardless. And even if, and that might've even also made more sense or been more okay. If we had a little bit more of his motivation, you know, because it's like we, we get a little bit of what his motivation is, but not really. You know, like it doesn't feel like a real personal connection being his motive. It's just a general like, well, I don't have any money and I never get anything. So I just want to target these rich people that always get what they want. And like, it just felt like a very uh, surface level motive, you know?
0: Yeah, exactly. But then also I was thinking about it and I just looked it up too. It never says what happens to the cousin either.
1: Um, the cousin, the, uh, Farley. Yeah. Yeah. He just left, right?
0: Yeah. He kind of gets framed ish Mm -hmm. for Felix's death because apparently it's the whole idea is that Felix, the poisoning was framed as an overdose and you know, Felix. And then that's when Oliver's like, Oh yeah. Yeah. He overdosed and somebody else was doing a bunch of fucking Coke, you know, yeah. doing lines is what I think he says. And it's like implying that it's like, Oh yeah. Like it's probably your fault. He died. Yeah, exactly. But then it just, he never shows up again.
1: Yeah. Which by the way, also great performance by that guy that played Farley. He was great. I liked him. Yeah. He was really good.
0: But you see, like he, like he was kind of leaning into, like I said, that whole rich people do whatever fucked up shit they want. Who cares? Who cares? Yeah. Like, I feel like that they should have played more into that.
1: Yeah. I mean, and I I kind of thought, I thought it was interesting that Farley had kind of a conversation with, with Oliver about, you know, this is my home. This is where I live. This is just like a big dream fantasy thing for you. But this is actually where I live in my home. Like, I'm actually a part of this and you're not. And that's essentially the same thing that Venetia told him. You know, she was like, you have not known Felix very long. You've only known him for six months. Like, you have nothing to do with us and this. Like, you barely even knew this guy. And it, it was also interesting that she seemed to be the one catching on to, like, what was happening. Because She's like, you showed up, danger, uh, what'd she say? Danger, stranger, whatever she said.
0: And Stranger danger.
1: Or stranger danger, yeah. And, like, it, even in her, I mean, was she just really sad in that moment, but also maybe drunk. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause she had been drinking a lot. Yeah. Um, Probably you know, also and,
0: could have been doing drugs.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And like just in that moment of just being very, very drunk, very emotional, a lot of things going on. She still kind of picked up on what was going on there. Even if she was just saying it out of just being upset about what happened, she was right. She ended up kind of being right about what was going on. And I think that that also and see, that's why it feels like, okay, yeah, his plan the whole time was to kill these people, but it's like, no, I feel like there's something that triggered it every time. Like with Venetia, it was her basically telling him that he was nothing and basically telling him he was a freak. And I think that's the thing that set him off to want to kill her, you know, um, or actually was it revealed that he did or that he just kind of enabled her to do it? I don't really remember.
0: It it implied that he did it, but also that he just left the razor blades there.
1: Mm, yeah,
0: you know, or he could have killed her,
1: mm-hmm. then slit
0: her wrists and left the razor blades there.
1: True. Yeah, because it doesn't. Yeah, it just says this is what it looked like. You know, whatever. But yeah, so it, it was just kind of like I did. I just don't fully buy the whole. This whole thing was planned out from the beginning. Thing because it just felt like especially in the state of mind that he appeared to be in throughout the movie, that a certain thing triggered him to take it far enough to kill them. So it's like, was that the plan the whole time? Or like, I don't know. I feel like that was just sort of missed and you just don't buy that. It was a master plan the entire time. And Maybe it was just like, I'm still going to overthrow this family and I wasn't necessarily planning to kill them, but then they made me pissed off enough that I did. They don't really make that clear, you know? And like, I just feel like if he really had it planned the whole time that he was going to do this, especially to Felix, why was he sad crying while having sex on his grave? Like, what, what is that? You know? And like the crying and the sobbing that he does after Felix finds out that he was lying about his family. You know, you just feel like those have to have been real emotions that he felt. Otherwise it is the misdirect of we're making the audience think a thing so that we could do the big twist reveal at the end, which actually would make it worse if that's what they were doing. I'd rather it be that he actually did have these emotions and actually kind of had these feelings towards these people at least towards Felix, you know, and just still let his end goal get the better of him. So I don't know. I feel like they should have made that a little bit more clear what direction they were trying to take that in.
0: Exactly. And that's where this movie does end up kind of failing is that it never quite gels and it's just some shocking shit. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I guess maybe that's why the the big reveal that, oh, he was planning this the entire time and infiltrating this family. I guess that's why it wasn't this big, like, oh my gosh, I'm mind blown by this twist is because it was more just like, what? Okay. <laughs> like, not. it was more confusion or more just like disappointment, I guess at, that just based off of everything else you saw leading up to that in this movie. So I don't know. I mean, was there any point in the movie where you just felt like that was his plan the whole time? Like, cause I, I didn't necessarily.
0: That feels slightly tacked on. Yeah. Like it's one of those things where, I think they made it work for some scenes, but it doesn't work for all the scenes that would be needed for the plan to work. Yeah. Just some of them, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, this movie feels like they came up with some things and then they just added a bunch to it and they were like, well, this got off the rails, but oh, well.
1: I mean, I actually, yeah, I actually, I feel like the movie would have actually been better if, for example, Felix and Oliver had that conversation in the maze And he gets so upset at him because he feels rejected that he just accidentally kills him. And then he feels bad about it, but then he's still trying to hide that he's the one that did it. That actually might've played better into this movie and what they did with it. You know, I feel like that would have made a little bit more sense than just like, Oh, I planned it the whole time. I wasn't even actually drunk having this emotional conversation with him. I was just pretending to be, Drunk so that I could get him close enough to the poisoned alcohol that I gave him or whatever, you know, it just it felt a little bit all too conveniently like it would like it went perfectly when it it had so many millions of ways that it could have gone, you know, so it just I don't know. I feel like that wasn't that would have been a better way to do it, I think. And then and then it could have been where he's trying to stay in this salt burn home because he's that's what makes him feel close to Felix, you know? like he's just like, "No, I can't leave. I have to stay." And his motive being like, "This is the only place that i I still feel close to Felix." And you know, like that might have actually played better than just like, "No, I have to stay because, you know, i I just want to destroy all of you and take your home. like <laughs> I just I feel like the the motivating factor felt a little bit misconstrued for how they tried to pull out this movie.
0: Yeah. It gets a little messy with that. And what you said probably would have made for a better movie mm-hmm. in those instances. Like it would, those scenes would have made more sense.
1: Yeah. Cause it would have and, tied into what you said earlier about he just hanging out with, you know, Felix and his family. He just slowly unintentionally becomes what he hates. And that's a better story as opposed to, no, I was just this way the whole time. And I hated these people, even though they actually didn't really give me a reason to hate them. I just did anyway.
0: (laughs) And I think with part of it too, I think if the argument is to be made that, you know, some of what he was saying at the end could have been a retcon, like he's changing his motives for some of it. He's changing how he actually felt about Felix to, you know, to, you know, save his own internal feelings with some of that stuff. That could be fair. But I think the movie did not portray that accurately enough or well enough for you to say definitively that's what it was. And once again, just kind of leaving that a little too up in the air and too much up for interpretation for that to be legitimately how I feel like they actually went with it.
1: Yeah, and like the little kind of mannerisms or expressions and stuff that you see from um, from Mister Saltburn Oliver, that you see like when he's going through the house and he's getting the tour and all these things, he just felt very much like oh I'm, he's taking it all in like he and I feel like if it was how if he had premeditated all of these things like we wouldn't need to see that viewpoint. You know, it was almost like, it was, it felt like a misdirect because he's going through the house and instead of him being like, Oh, look at all this, I'm gonna make it all mine. He was just like, wow, I'm just in awe of everything. And, you know, Felix couldn't see him. He was behind Felix. So the emotions that he was doing, it's like, that could have just, you know, why, why did we need to do that? If it was not real, it could have, you know what I mean? And like just everything, I don't know. I, I just, I feel like they should have either played him better as this master manipulator, or they should have played it to where he wasn't intentionally planning to do it, but then he just got a taste of the sweet life at Saltburn and decided he wanted it. And that, I think, would have been the better way to go with it.
0: That's fair. Yeah, that's fair.
1: Yeah. But, yeah, I think, I mean, and I do think that Barry Keoghan does a good job, like, where he is, he's manipulative enough to where you you buy that he was just this shy little meek boy that didn't, you know, know how to do anything, and then later is revealed that he's just this complete mastermind, and you kind of see a little bit of his transformation into that throughout the movie. But, again, we could have done that in a better way where it's like, Oh, I'm this nothing guy. And I befriended this guy and also fell in love with him because of how he treated me. And then I just was like, I want to be somebody that he's going to love. And then you just make it more about, no, I just want to be this guy. I want to have everything that they have. I would have liked that story a lot better.
0: Yeah. And you could have kept your little crazy sex scenes and it would have made more sense yeah that that
1: yeah and that might have even played a little bit more into um being less gratuitous, maybe <laughs> if you felt like there was a little bit more like intentionality behind why he did it, I guess
0: I agree um, you got any more thoughts about this here movie?
1: I mean I guess not I guess I was gonna the only thing I was thinking is the dad of the movie he just actually died of natural causes right he's the only one who he didn't kill essentially as far as I know yeah
0: I mean I don't know how he would have but I think it was one of those things like he was older so it was kind of like a Uh, I waited it
1: out long enough. Yeah. And I did also kind of enjoy the, the little moment with Carrie Mulligan, poor Pamela or whatever they called her, (laughs) who was their guest for so long before Oliver came along. And like, I I did think it was kind of amusing how you could tell they were fed up with her (laughs) they were like trying to get her to leave. And I guess I don't know what that's about either. Like, is it supposed to be this like courtesy thing that you do as a very wealthy person of, you know, it's not polite to just kick somebody out or something. Cause I'm like, they could have just told her to leave. Like they were doing her a favor by letting her stay there, I guess. Right. Like, I don't know. And then when, yeah. And even when Oliver's talking to the dad and he's like, I think I'm going to stay. And he's just like, okay. You know, like he didn't even say like, no, this is my house. Get out. Like, (laughs) I'm just curious why that was what happened.
0: I think that that has to do with just an in, the in general thought of like. You don't want to be the rude one. Like the yeah, you don't want to be the one to kick someone out type of thing.
1: Keeping up the appearances thing. Yeah, but it, it was funny though when they're at the table and um, Pamela is talking about like I think I might have found a place and be like great great I love a flat you're gonna love living with a bunch of people in one room it's great like how <laughs> oh, they were just subtly trying to be like please leave. That was kind of funny.
0: Yeah. No, and that's, that's true. And I think like, that's a very, like, and I, I liked how they just kind of showed it too that she was living there. And like you said, they're trying to kick her out and all those things. And then they're like, oh yeah, she died.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Very, yeah. That was interesting. How did they say she died again?
0: I don't remember if it does. Okay. I think it, yeah. I think they might have even been implying that it might have been that guy she was hiding from.
1: Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay.
0: And it's like yeah. she was safe there, and then they kicked her out, and then she died from it.
1: Mm. Yeah. And you do feel you do kind of feel bad for her though, because you could kind of see on her face like how sad she feels when she realizes they want her to leave, and like also I think just being how I don't know how long she had been there, but just seeing their interactions and the things that they're laughing at and what they're doing. And she's just kind of like, you almost feel like she's over it, but at the same time, sad that she has to possibly leave. So that was an interesting dynamic to see from her.
0: Yeah. And a lot of it has to do with the fact that it's like, Oh, like that she, like she had like part of it could have been like, like seeing that she had lost the favor that she thought she had with these people, like the, the status and the, the love and the, you know, just the in general acceptedness from them. And then all of a sudden it's gone. Like part of it could have been a little bit of that too.
1: Yeah, that's true. And, and I think that scene too, with, um, (laughs) the opening scene or the, the first scene when we, we get to meet Felix's family and Pamela's there and, uh, Elspeth is there. I loved, I loved Elspeth in that scene because she was very, I feel like you got to see more of what her character was than almost anybody else. just that very like, you know, well to do, like, here's all of the gossip of the things, but self-aware, but also a little pretentious, but still nice. Like just all of these mixed things that she was where she's just like, Oh, Oliver, you're so beautiful. And that's, you know, I, I have an aversion to people who are ugly and, like, just very self-aware, but also, like, tell me everything. Like, I just, nothing shocks me. Tell me everything about the dirty details of your life. And just, she was just very entertaining in that way because she just, she played that well, this very wealthy woman who is almost maybe bored, but also just, I don't know, wants wants to know the business of everybody at the same time. It was a really well done dynamic that she did.
0: And once again, Roseman Pike is just severely underrated.
1: Yeah. I mean, and the thing is I haven't seen her in a lot of things. She was great in gone girl. She was great in that. And there was another, some, I think maybe Netflix movie that she was in that I really liked, but I just haven't seen her in a lot. She's in a TV I like
0: series that was on AMC called State of the Union where her and Chris O'Dowd play a married couple and every week it's like a 10 minute episode of them meeting at a bar before they go to couples counseling and every week you find out a little bit more of why they're going to couples counseling like why they kind of like why they separated all this other stuff so oh. you're kind of like seeing the story progress out
1: that's kind of interesting
0: oh yeah it's super it was it, it's It ends up being kind of incredibly cool with how mm. they did that.
1: That sounds cool. I've never heard of that. I kind of want to watch it.
0: It's a good show. It's only like 10 episodes, so it ends up only being like 100 minutes. So if you like watch it, it ends up being like a slightly under two-hour movie.
1: Hmm. Okay. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's very well received as well.
0: Yeah. And the second
1: season. 96%.
0: Second season follows uh Brennan Gleason. Brendan Bryn- Gleason and uh hmm. oh who plays his wife? I don't remember who plays his wife in that one. But no, it's a it's a, it's a very good show, but she's she's fantastic in it.
1: That's cool. Hm. Yeah, I might have to check the show out. Looks cool. I suggest it. It's from okay, not too long ago, twenty nineteen. Yeah, yeah.
0: The second season was, I think, two years ago. Yeah. Like I said, see, that's what happens when you just consume a bunch of bullshit like me. You end up knowing little things like that. Little yeah, the little, little TV things. shows that 10 minute episode TV shows that Roseman Pike did a few years ago.
1: It's important to know.
0: She's been it great. It's it was fantastic. Uh anything else?
1: I think that's it for me.
0: On that note, thank you guys for listening to this episode of the Cinema Slayers Podcast. Check us out on the internet at www.cinemaslayers.com or uh, cinema underscore slayers on. uh, No, I'm sorry. We're www.cinemaslayers.com on the internet. We're Cinema Slayers Podcast on Facebook. We're cinema underscore slayers on threads on Instagram and on this little app called Letterbox.
1: Just a little app.
0: Yes. It's brand I've, new. <laughs> any any episode we have done an official Cinescore on, I have gone through and actually added those to it with our scores in there, in their little rating system. I am going to slowly work on going back through and calculating averages for other movies and stuff like that. Uh, and adding those to things we've done. I might at least go mark things as watched by us. Uh, you can also check out our independent letterboxes. I don't know if Justin has one. We need to double check with him. I have one. I've been going through movies I've watched throughout my life. I've done the 70s and 80s and part of the 90s. And I'm at, I think, over almost 1,200 movies so far. Haven't even gotten into the, the 2000s or 2010s yet. So... yeah. Working through all mine. And I'm also doing it too. If like, there's some movies on there I've watched. I just don't remember even. So.
1: I feel like there's no way for you to remember every movie you've ever seen. <laughs> there's just too many. Probably See, what
0: upsets me is going through it. Like I have been uh one movie. I know I've seen at least one of it's the ghoulies franchise. I know there's mm-hmm. at least three ghoulies movies. I don't know what Ghoulies movie <laughs> I've seen. I know I've seen at least one Ghoulies movie, if not two, if not all mm. of them. I don't know, so yeah, I can't in good conscience rate them because I don't know which ones I've seen.
1: So have you have you gotten to the Puppet Master movies yet?
0: I think I've done three or four of them. Nice. Yeah,
1: I'm I'm working my way through adding more on mine. I'm not nearly as far as you are, but slowly but surely adding to my my letterbox so oh see now i get to add salt burn hey there you go
0: and i get to add salt burn to the cinema slayers one yep also salt burn or letterbox fixture shit. shit it's bullshit that i gotta log out of one to log into the other and all that. fuck mm. you allow <laughs> me to switch accounts
1: fix it yeah
0: damn it <laughs> but yes that's yeah. new uh and I will end up getting our own personal letterbox uh, handles. Uh, we'll, we'll put them out there for you guys too. But cinema underscore slayers for the official Cinema Slayers letterbox account. Uh, we are also at Cinema Slayers Pod on TikTok and at Cinema Slayers Pod on YouTube. Uh, shout out to Plug Me Go Mundo Ochoa for our theme songs and logos respectively. Give us a five star rating and review. We'd really appreciate it. Really help us out. Tell your family, tell your friends, tell your friends, family, tell your family's friends. And most of all, tell those dear sweet mothers because dear sweet mothers love.
1: I'm inclined to say like everyone in this cast, but I'm going to go with Rosamund Pike. Nope. It's incorrect.
0: It's salt burns penis.
1: (laughs) Every mother's love salt burns penis. You know, that's okay. That's fair. And, uh. Jacob Alordi's bathwater, which is apparently a candle scent now and that's a little crazy.
0: What the fuck does water, what does masturbation water smell like?
1: Don't know. He was on an interview, uh, I think it was Jimmy Fallon and he was talking about how like yeah, like somebody gifted him that as a joke. You know, it's actually a thing that you can buy and he's he smelled it and he was like it smells just like like laundry detergent. <laughs> like I don't know what it's supposed to smell like, but it's doesn't it's smell anything
0: like a little bit like it's not laundry detergent with a hint of semen because <laughs> it's masturbation water.
1: Maybe he just couldn't really bring himself to say that on television.
0: You know, I can fake masturbate in a movie for the world yeah. to see, but I can't say it
1: smelled a little bit like semen. Yeah, <laughs> that's where he draws the line. You know,
0: uh, remember here we are pro slut, pro Sydney and pro naked. You, yes, you, Cinefans, are Knuff and justice for Chris. And also, I'm waiting till the end to do this too. I waited a few weeks just in case, just in case, Henry Kissinger is still dead.
1: Good. Rest easy now.
0: (laughs) I will forever remain vigilant because I swear that man's a lich. And he will come back to life and try (laughs) to destroy the world. Keeps you up at night. Undead army of evil. And as I always in these podcast episodes, these YouTube videos, and these TikTok TikToks. Remember, according to Jastin, Moon Knight is a Best Picture winner.
1: I looked it up, and it's Patricia Clarkson is the one that's the wife in the Brendan Gleason season. Tammy so nice. won. Nobody knows anything but you. What? Tammy won from Parks and Rec. Are you ready? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Cinema Along with a myriad of other other stuff, but, yes. you know.
0: <laughs> but Tammy won.
1: The scariest of all won. Tammies. The scariest of Tammies, Yes.
0: Oh, Justin, you missed out on a weird sex movie, Justin. <laughs> and it's not even weird sex; it's just a weird movie with w- sex.
1: And th- that is a good point of clarification to make. It's yes, that that is true. It was not my cup of tea, as far as you know. I I those aren't things that I would th- find as a turn on for myself specifically.
0: But you know, to each their own. I mean. I'm not getting turned on by any of the stuff in this movie, but I want to see some crazy sex shit. <laughs> I'm not even necessarily to get turned on. I'm just curious as to like what sexual boundaries will this movie surpass? And I don't know, fucking some dirt. is not one that I'm like, glad I saw it. <laughs> it's just disappointing. mm. All right, I'm out.